Welcome to the Faith Element Podcast for April 9, 2023, focusing on Jeremiah 31, 1 through 6, the dance of the merrymakers. I'm Nikki Hardiman. I'm Bert Montgomery. And I'm Crystal Shepard. Crystal, it's so wonderful to have you back with us. Thank you for standing in for Daniel. And we had a wonderful time on the last episode. And so it's just the three of us again. David and Daniel continue to be braver than we anticipated they would (laughs) by turning the reins over to us, especially because... On this episode, we are celebrating Easter Sunday, which is like the Christian Super Bowl. Yes. And (laughs) and it is our drum roll, please, our 400th episode. (laughs) So can you believe we have recorded four? Hundred, well, three hundred and ninety-nine today. Four hundred <laughs> episodes of Faith Element. Wow, it's exciting, right? It's amazing. It's yeah. really amazing, and I'm so very glad that David holds on to all of the outtakes and doesn't really release those into the world. But I, thought, he, he's waiting. There'll be yeah, a time. Yeah. Oh, but like none of us will ever do anything to hurt David because no. No. never ever. He has so much on us, but I, why don't we today share what it is we love about the podcast, or if you had a favorite episode, just a memory of this podcast. I'll, I'll go first. I, it, it's not so much a specific episode for me. I, I just love being a part of this team. And and like Nikki, I'm sorry, Crystal and David Adams are, are sort of, they're on the bench to use a basketball analogy. They're on the bench and ready to come in at any time, right? They are. Um, but they're a part of the team. And, Absolutely. And it's just, it's just amazing. And the friendship that we've all, and the trust we've all formed. But there are moments on some of the podcasts that get really unexpected mm-hmm. and somebody, one of us will share something that we didn't expect to share and it's deeply personal and it's when the, the, the spirit moves and, and tears flow and you realize we are really doing, there's really something special that the spirit is doing in this podcast and that's what I, it still touches me. Mm-hmm. I like the wrestling analogy rather than like sitting on the bench. So like the tag team. <laughs> tag team, there you like go. Jump off yes. the ropes and like, yeah. No, I, yeah, I appreciate being a part of this and asked, like I tell David all the time, like, please, like when I can't, you know, come in and, and help somebody out, I'll say, please don't stop asking. Please don't stop asking because I love being with, with the group. And I think the things I love, you know, if you talk about like, I have a relationship with church and it's complicated. And so this podcast and, and discussing what we discuss on here gives me hope and helps me to, to be reminded of that, that church is made up of people. And even though we're flawed, it's a beautiful community. And so I appreciate the podcast. I appreciate being able to share. And I have to say, one of my favorite episodes was when David outed my pregnancy. I had hit it like literally he did or he did he did he's like is that okay crystal you've already said it so sure it's fine i'm not i'm not being mean to david I, but it was just funny because i was so close to delivering and i had like kept it so quiet and then he was like so how's it feel to be pregnant during you know advent and i'm like okay we're gonna answer that question now 
So that was one of my favorites. It's like a special time. So mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I feel the same way. This group is it is church for me, and our times to gather are sacred, and the friendships are something that. I wouldn't give up for anything. And I am very grateful that we are able to seriously engage texts here with no censorship. We are able to really talk about what we want to talk about with these texts and what comes up for us and what our study reveals to us. One of my, one of the most meaningful episodes to me is the last time that we talked about David and Bathsheba. And in that episode, we compared it to when we had talked about David and Bathsheba much earlier in the podcast and how this time we really did a better job of engaging with who David really was and recognizing that even though he is known in the Bible as a man after God's own heart, he is also a very troubled person who used his power to harm others and also kind of turned and looked the other way when people under his sons were misbehaved and, and sexual assault was a part of a lot of that. And we, as it was around the time of the beginning of the Me Too movement, and it just felt so good to be able to be a part of a community that would actually really engage with the text in its fullness. We didn't just pick one angle to look at, but rather opened up the story in a way that allowed us to get the fullness of what it was about. So, so yes, Faith Element Podcast has been a godsend, I think, to all of us listeners. If you have stories about some of your favorite times, I'm sure it's going to be when the three of us are on here all by ourselves because the chaos is amazing. But please feel free to write in and share and tell us about it. We would love to know. But today, we are also celebrating Easter. We have traveled through the long journey of Lent, and now we get to say, hallelujah, he is risen. And Crystal, thank you so much for being with us. You're going to get us started on our text in Jeremiah today. Yes. So yeah, Jeremiah is an interesting text for Easter Sunday, but I want to get personal today. And I know that I do open up at different times, but today's the one that I hold pretty close. So I just want to kind of share that from the get-go. 2019 was a pretty crappy year for my family. Um, We had just come through five losses, very intense losses in our family in 2018. I had left my ministry position. We had lost our community of faith and we had felt pretty isolated. We were reeling from all this. And then my husband and I hit a rough patch. We had days where I didn't even know if we would be together by the time 2020 was here. And it was like all the stress and crappy luck and even bad decisions had caught up to us. And we just couldn't quite dig ourselves out of the hole we were in. Luckily, we had therapy and friends and support groups that helped us with our individual as well as collective issues and needs. I remember one night in the throes of all of it, we had a come to Jesus moment where we looked at each other and asked, are you still in this? It was very sobering and scary. I think there's something incredibly, even beautifully terrifying about looking at the person you've committed your life to and asking if they will still walk alongside you. Like you committed all those years ago, 
when you said whatever you said in your vows till death do us part, we didn't say that. We talked about with Jesus, you know, leading us and with with Christ as the head of our home. It was it was really scary, and we ultimately answered yes that we would walk together, and with God's help, we did the hard work to resuscitate our marriage and the life we had built with one another. We remembered all our history, all the things we promised, and then we once again covenanted with one another to turn toward each other rather than away, no matter whether the times were good or bad. New life was breathed into our marriage and our family, which was a good thing considering the world was about to be shook to the foundation with the 2020 pandemic. We were going to be spending a lot of time together and didn't even know it. We found the things that we love to do together, and we found some new and some old ways to find joy and to just be. And I think the same thing is expressed in today's text. We don't often get prophetic words on Easter. We get stones rolled away and mysterious men clad in white and a missing body. We get Jesus fading in and out and scaring the bejesus out of the disciples, like We get an empty tomb and the promise of resurrection. But this is what we are getting in Jeremiah. Israel had wandered so often from God and the covenant they made with I am. God is continually calling them back to relationship. They will stay for a while and then find some distraction or shiny new thing to go after or worship. And God is patient and loving. God makes a new way, a new covenant with them, where they shall be God's people, all of them. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. God didn't give up. God didn't throw in the towel. God says, again, I will build you. Then such joy, dancing, Music, enjoyment of the land and all that God provides, going to Zion to be with God. God revives the relationship with Israel. What a beautiful story of resurrection to hear this Easter. The story in Jeremiah reminds us that the resurrection found in Jesus, the renewal of the covenant with Israel is available to us as well. I have to ask, what makes you feel dead this Easter? Where do you feel broken or abandoned? Maybe it's the loss of a relationship or a job, or maybe it's just the trauma of the last three years that has sucked the life out of you. I invite you to allow the love of God to breathe new life into the dead places. Let the stone be rolled away, the burial shroud removed. God is continuing to love you with an everlasting love. And again, you shall be built. Let us celebrate the resurrection and live once again as Easter people. May it be so. Thank you, Crystal, for sharing. Thank you for sharing such a personal story. The challenge I feel as a pastor, and I know I'm not the only one, is every, you know, Easter comes around every year <laughs> and everybody knows the story. It's usually a, a hodgepodge of of the three gospel stories 
or four gospel stories kind of meshed together and none of them are all the same. And and we just have this generalized, so Jesus is alive, Jesus rose again, and we'll have eternal life. And, and how do you, like you said, you know, there's this, this, it's an empty tomb and it's Jesus kind of appearing and disappearing and scaring. I love the scaring the bejesus out of people. That was perfect. But yes. And at the same time, it just seems disingenuous to, to try to keep this story in a clearly, do you believe or do you not believe? Because it happens among real people with real issues in a real moment in history. And what does it mean for us? And and how do we experience resurrection? How do we experience new life? And and you, you tied it so beautifully to a very personal, very real story that I am sure resonates with other listeners. Maybe not, maybe not everything exactly as you've experienced it, but other ways of being dead, not just yourself, but but the community that you're in falling apart and dying, and then coming back to life. Wendell Berry, the great mm-hmm. farmer in Kentucky, has a whole poem on practice resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, just do what is unthinkable, do the impossible, but believe that whatever. And he just starts listing little common, ordinary, daily things that we can all do to practice resurrection in this life, in our lives, in our communities. And, and I think that's important. You you help bring that down to me that, okay, it's it's far more than simply do you believe it or do you don't. There's there's something mystical. There's something that is beyond our rational ability to understand that is happening in real life. And, and that's, we miss the point of resurrection. We miss Easter Sunday. If we don't, Jeremiah, it's the reason the Jeremiah text is passed, is is on Easter Sunday in the lectionary, is because it deals with death and life, mm-hmm. and a death of a people, a community, and new life for people. I'm rambling, but thank you <laughs> for making this earthy and real. Mm. Well, I want to take it a step further, because Easter happens for us here in the United States in the springtime when things are being resurrected again. I just like, we just moved in December. So we saw this house in the fall, saw the leaves were falling off the trees. And then we got to spend all winter in this new house and like spring has sprung in Kentucky and I'm getting to see all the growth and watching all the plants that I don't even know what half of them are. And I'm watching the sprouts and I'm watching the things. And I just figured out that we have dogwood trees in the front yard. And I'm watching the blooms come out on them because they bloom around Easter time because, you know, there's that whole thing about dogwood symbolizing Jesus and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yes, like every single year when a plant comes back, it does not look the same. Mm-mm. It does not look the same. It's different. Maybe we could learn something from nature, the way God made it. Like every year it's different. So why would we expect for ourselves to be the same mm-hmm. or even the story of Jesus to be the same every year? It's going to be different. I mean, it's the same old, same old, but it's different. If I that love makes that. Sense. <laughs> because we're tied. I mean, if you go back to Ecclesiastes, we're tied to seasons, right? Mm-hmm. There's a time to die and a time to be born. 
And I mean, we take that literally as one lifetime, but maybe maybe we go through seasons in our own lives in which parts of us died and, and we're reborn again anew uh, and in our relationships. And, but I love how you tied it. It happens in the springtime because, you know, in my religion class, we often talk about it at, at Mississippi State. I teach intro to religion. And one of the things is, is that the the early believers, this the Easter event, the resurrection occurred generally in what? we call springtime because it also was occurring around Passover, right? Which was also occurring in that time, almost like a season, right? It comes and goes, it comes and goes. And so Jesus and his disciples are, are celebrating the, uh, you know, the Passover, the freeing of the people and, and new life, although it ends up being 40 years in the wilderness for most of them, but still a new life ahead. And then Jesus is crucified and resurrected and experiences new life. And the early believers, you know, celebrating spring and the new life of growth in plants and animals, all that has been around for thousands of years. And it was just occurring at the same time that this new group of people called Jesus followers were celebrating the rest. So they kind of, of course, as all religions do, but anyway, they, they just incorporated this festival of new life mm-hmm. with springtime into what was happening for them at that same moment. And it just makes sense to do it in springtime, but it was actually occurring at that point. So we've incorporated natural uh, from, from pagan religious rituals into our Easter celebrations. And this is a good time to say, no, you don't have to be offended by it. Because that's what Christianity does. That's what God does. That's what all people seeking the truth does is see what's already there. And now we see it differently, slightly differently with new lenses. So now we see the new life as having a new meaning for us because of the resurrection of Christ. It doesn't discount our Christian faith if we acknowledge it came from pagan, the natural aspects of, you know, Easter bunnies and all that stuff come from pagan roots, right? It doesn't discount... Y'all know, I mean, y'all understand no, there are church people, right. church people get upset about this. And it's, kinda, we, it's, it, it's just how it happened. I, mean, I was getting ready to say, that's why we have chocolate crosses and chocolate bunnies. Exactly. <laughs> this is right. Yes, as if, absolutely. As if, as if the idea of having an edible chocolate tasty cross is actually less offensive than something natural. Don't get me started. It's also why sometimes children get confused. And have you ever seen a child draw a bunny on a cross? Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen that happen. And, you know, I think one way to look at that is that maybe before Christianity came along, there was knowledge of how God works in this world without putting, you know, our understanding of it through Christ on it. Because God has existed longer than Christianity has. And I think that maybe, I think that when we open our eyes and pay attention, we see evidence of God's resurrection all around us. Sometimes when I'm getting up in the morning, it feels like I'm waking from the dead. So so sometimes just getting out of the bed in the morning feels like that. But I think that if you're someone who grows houseplants, I am, I am a new baby houseplant grower. I'm trying to bring that practice into my life. And I currently have a plant I am desperately trying to resurrect. So I'll let you know later if that happens. And, but also relationships can resurrect friendships and spousal relationships. And I echo Bert's gratitude, Crystal. Thank you for sharing from your life about where 
you have seen that in your relationship. But I think that if you are raising a teenager, there are lots of moments to resurrect there because one minute you are hated and the next minute you are loved very deeply. And so I think there are all kinds of moments throughout our days when we can experience resurrection. So, yeah. I may have said this last year for our Easter podcast. And for all I know, the year before that, but we we tell the same story every right. year, right? Yeah. One of the, the biggest eye-opening things for me was about four years ago as a pastor here in Starkville, when we held our, five years ago, we held our first pride parade and it was held at the end of March. So it was during springtime and it happened right before Easter. Whatever the Sunday was, it was either the week before that or two weeks before that, because it it changed everything for my planned Easter Sunday sermon. Because on that moment, after all these people that had said, I'm tongue tied, so many LGBTQ friends and total strangers who talked to me as a pastor over the years to hear their stories of, of literal death, hiding in the closets, trying to decide if they were going to end their lives because they could not be something they weren't. And it was, you know, all that stuff. And then, so the darkness, and then on Pride Saturday, that that first Pride Parade, people were out with all the colors and alive. I mean, alive. And when you listen to to folks who have struggled with coming out of the closet with their family, with themselves, with with their God and their faith, with their family, with their friends, with their job, with their school, with their church, all that stuff, you get a genuine sense of darkness, of being in a tomb and of being dead. And then the tomb, the stone rolling away and them coming out bright as the sun. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the biblical story of Jesus's resurrection. But I am saying that that moment in time for me, which happened a week or two before Easter Sunday, changed everything about my sermon. And it has changed everything about how I feel about resurrection. Because if you know someone who's gay or, or transgender or anybody, they can tell you what it's like to live in a tomb. And when they come out, what it's like to be alive. That if you need something right now and you need something more than flowers and trees that turn brown and die in the fall and come back to life in the spring, talk to someone who has come out and accepted themselves and lives fully as God created them to be. That's a resurrection story. Mm-hmm. I don't think that takes anything away from the story of Jesus's resurrection. I think it I think it reinterprets it for us and I think that it gives us new layers of meaning. As you were talking about that, I started to think about people who have been or are in depression that can feel like you're dying or that you want to, even though you know you don't want to. People who have lived with addiction and found their way out of it. People who have felt bound to an abusive home. Mm-hmm. And are able to finally escape. Think that every day there are people who find their way out of their own graves. Mm-hmm. And so often 
Christianity leans so heavily on what happens when we die. And yeah, that's a really important and big part of the story of Christianity. And Jesus came that we might have life abundant now Mm -hmm. here on this earth, that we might experience resurrection here now on this earth as we find our way out of the graves we have either been put in or put ourselves in. We are set free, liberated. That's right. Preach, Nikki. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday, y'all. It's the it's the good stuff. <laughs> it's the it's the good stuff of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that wherever you are listening to this, that when you turn it off, you stop and give thanks for the places in your life where you have experienced resurrection, whether it feels like a little bitty one or a great big one, give thanks because that is Christ working in your life today, here and now. And as you walk through the rest of this week, Look for places where you might need to experience resurrection or where you can help another find their way to a much-needed resurrection. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Amen. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible study curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.